Good evening. How you doing? Take your seats. It's great to be here. I feel right at home. Actually, Pastor Tark, the worship and the atmosphere is just like our home church. And uh, so it's great to be here. This is an awesome church. I said this is an awesome church. All right. All right. If you don't believe it, no one else will. That's a fact. And it's an absolute privilege to be here tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and, um, you know, I'm just going to prophesy to you for the next couple of hours. Is that all right? And um, Church Unlimited, the name Church Unlimited is a prophetic declaration of your destiny and your future. Unlimited. I said unlimited. I mean unlimited. Unlimited. Multifaceted, but unlimited in Jesus' name. You know, some of us need to catch a hold of some of the significance that God, uh, of what God is doing right now and what the intention of God is. And I want to share some things with you. I, I've, um, uh, I really am delighted to be here tonight. And I'm excited about what God is doing. Uh, But I want to say to you, this is just the beginning. And I have a sense that, you know, all the years up to now have been foundational for what God is about to do. And I'm not trying to say that just to hype you up. I, I just have a real sense of my spirit of the significance of the hour and the significance of who you are as a church. And so tonight I want to unpack a few thoughts that I believe the Lord has given me for you tonight uh, to, to perhaps help uh, give some definition to the idea of an acceleration of expansion and what it means to be church unlimited. Turn to somebody and say, unlimited. Or you could say it with more passion than that. Turn to somebody else and say, unlimited. (laughs) Unlimited, totally unlimited. Uh, I want, uh, you know, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom advances forcefully and people take it by force. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. The kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with the most ardent zeal and intense exertion. I felt the Lord say to me that this is a a scripture that encapsulates the DNA of this house. See, this is not a house that's passive or casual. If you want to settle for the status quo, this is not the right church for you because that's not what this place is about. This place is intentional, it's aggressive, and it's relentless. And we live and we minister, we do our lives in the midst of a war zone. There's a battle going on for dominion. It's about who and what is going to be in control. And the kingdom of God is about the dominion of the king 
thing, and that is a forceful thing. It's not passive, it's intentional, and it's aggressive. There's a battle going on over who and what will control your life and control your future and control the future of this church. And this church carries a unique mandate and capacity to engage in that battle and take ground for the kingdom of God. I believe that's what you're about. You know, Pastor Tark and I have known each other for a lot of years, but really we've had nothing to do with each other for a lot of years either. And um, so I don't really know much about your church other than what I sense in my spirit and what I sense the Lord saying to me. I just think this is a great house. I'm part of a house that's a house of revival. You know, my home church, I don't pastor a church anymore. I'm itinerant, but our home church is very much, I was standing in the worship and praise, and I'm like, bring it on. Bring it on. Amen. It's awesome. The second thing I want you to know, and this is what I believe the Lord said to me, showing me the Church Unlimited carries a nation-shaking anointing a nation-shaking anointing, and I believe the Lord is releasing an increase in, the, in an intense spirit of conquest. That's what I felt the Lord saying to me. I'm going to release this, the, the heartbeat of an awakening. I believe God is giving people, and we'll come to this a little bit later in the service tonight, but I believe there are people that God is going to give you grace to carry an awakening in your heart and in prayer and in prophetic declaration. You know, there's something about uh, us deciding to pray and us determining to fast and to seek God, but it's a different deal when instead of you going to God, God comes to you and he puts grace in your life and something happens in the realm of the spirit that releases something. There's impartation in your heart that enables you to increase in capacity and dream of bigger things and believe for bigger things and speak bigger things and begin to see a breakthrough coming. And I feel there's something uh, very significant, something that's shifting over this whole thing. And there's an intensity that's coming and building right now. And a lot of what is going on is still in the unseen spirit realm, but it will break through and it will shake this nation and continue to. You're already shaking the nation. Uh, in the days to come, that will be increasingly obvious and the momentum uh, of shaking will begin to touch other nations that you're involved in. You know, William Bruce said this, I don't pray for a move of God, I am a move of God. And I want to say to you now, I think you should pray for a move of God, but you need to wake up to the fact that you are a move of God. Church Unlimited, you are a move of God. You're a move of God. You know, so often we project revival into the future and we, we believe in God for something great and, and that's wonderful, but we need to carry what we carry now. We need to birth what we carry now. We need to engage with the anointing we carry now. You know, there was a dog and an elephant both got pregnant on the same day. And the dog, after about three months, you know, the dog gives birth to a litter of pups. A few months later, a dog gets pregnant again and gives birth to another litter of pups. And after 18 months, the dog goes to the elephant and said, hey, I thought you got pregnant the same day as me. What's going on with you? I've already given birth to a dozen puppies and some of them are already grown into big dogs and you're still wandering around uh, saying you're pregnant. What's the go? 
And the elephant said to the dog, there's something you need to understand. I'm not carrying a bunch of puppies. I'm carrying an elephant. And when I release what I'm carrying, the earth will feel the impact. And what I'm carrying is powerful, it's strong, it's awesome. When my baby crosses the road, even human beings stop and look at it in awe because what I'm carrying is something powerful, it's something strong, it's something awesome and you need to turn to somebody and say, I'm not carrying a bunch of puppies, I'm carrying something that's awesome, something that's powerful and something that's strong and when I release what I'm carrying, the earth is going to shake. Come on, somebody. Amen. Nation-shaking anointing. The third thing I want to say to you as a church, you've moved into a new era. It's not just a new season. Seasons come and seasons go. But a new era is something that starts and never stops. When the World Wide Web was launched, the internet was launched, it established a new era in communication and information technology. And it has continued to grow and gain momentum ever since it was first launched. It was not a seasonal change, nor was it a temporary innovation. It was the launch of a new era in information technology in communication. And I want to say to you that what has begun as an acceleration of expansion is going to continue. Everything is going to a whole different level now and you need to understand the past must not dictate to the future nor can the future be measured or compared to the past. There's a a line in the sand that you have crossed. You know that phrase, um, uh, expansion, uh, acceleration of expansion. That's very unusual terminology for me. I don't go around talking about acceleration of expansion. Uh, I, you know, it was just something the Lord dropped into my heart. And how many of you know that, that you can't create things? I can't create things. I just, I'm just a messenger boy. I'm just having to go like you are, having to go to serve Jesus. That's it, you know, end of story. Uh, but God has got something on his agenda for this house to take it to a whole different expression with a whole different level of impact. One of the things that God is, is doing right now, and I don't have time to get into it tonight, but he's releasing uh, an anointing for miracles, for unusual creative miracles in the house for ongoing miracles, not just a miracle here and a miracle there, but miracles that are expressed in every dimension of life that will touch uh, marriages and families and health and finance and business people and everything. God breaking through, you see. And as it is a new era, the fourth thing I want to talk to you about is ongoing momentum. The momentum you've begun to experience will continue to build and to grow. However, that momentum will find expression in a variety of different ways according to the purposes of God. It will not just be a continuation of what you're currently experiencing. You may recall that Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It was rivers, plural. It wasn't a river. It was a multifaceted flow of spirit life and power. 
And the river, you know, if you look at the, the vision of Ezekiel in chapter 47, where the river flows, you know, there's a, 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 a multifaceted expression of life that came through that river. It wasn't just a narrow tributary that had one expression. It was a multifaceted expression. And the ongoing momentum that you're beginning to step into and that will build and grow will have a multifaceted expression. I'm prophesying to you now a multifaceted expression of spirit, life, and power that will touch every dimension of life and will have, uh, you know, the full orb of the intentions of God expressed. And because of the ongoing momentum and increase, you will need to learn to how to embrace a lot of change in order to contain and steward all that God is giving you. A lot of restructuring. I, I just uh, sense the Lord saying to me a lot of realigning and reassigning of people and ministries and expressions of ministry uh, that will, you know, you're going to have to, uh, I felt the Lord saying to me, they're going to have to run to keep up with all I'm releasing to them. I have a, a beatitude for you. You know what the beatitudes are from the Sermon on the Mount. I have one that got missed out of the list. It's, it's blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And uh, in ongoing growth and development, we have to develop flexibility. We've got to be flexible. The fifth thing that I wanted to just draw your attention to was, I had this phrase, the nations are calling. And I had no idea Pastor Tuck, until Thursday when I heard you sharing with the pastors about the mission's vision and activities of the church. I had no idea about that. I didn't know how missionary-minded you were at all. And I actually said to Pastor Tuck three or four weeks ago now, I said that to you, didn't I? The nations are calling. The nations are calling. And so the momentum that's building here in the new era that you've moved into within New Zealand will be expressed in all of the different dimensions of uh, missions, call, and ministry that's upon the house. And, um, and I have this sense that it's not so much looking for uh, opportunities to engage with nations and ministries and in missions activity, but you're coming to a phase, and I don't know whether you've had this in the past or not, but I, I hear nations calling for you. I, hear, I see people coming to you. I just think there's a, a drawing. You know, the, the apostolic mantle that's upon the house is going to find, uh, you know, just a whole new level of expression and in, uh, in, in different ways, in different places. And uh, there's a recognition that's coming uh, just from uh, people that are looking for help and people that are looking for input and people that uh, are looking for those that have gone before and paved a way. And you are a pioneer church. You're a pioneer church. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mean that you're pioneering a church, but you are pioneering a church and you're paving the way for others. I don't know many churches like this. I don't. I travel around a lot and I get into a lot of places, but the spirit of revival in this house and the intensity and the, the focus and all of that, you don't find that very often. That's uh, just a fact, uh, particularly in the Western world and the, the places that, that I go. And so um, 
You know, those are the, the five things that I really wanted to kind of uh, just lay out tonight uh, briefly before you. And uh, one other thing I want to say to you as a congregation, to pray for your senior pastoral team. Now, I don't know who's involved in all of that, but, you know, the key leaders that carry uh, leadership responsibility uh, for the, the, the whole, uh, you know, church and Church Unlimited and all of that, and I'm sure you do pray for them, uh, but I want to say to you tonight, don't just pray for them in their leadership role and responsibility. But I felt the Lord say to me, they really need to be prayed for as people. How many know pastors are people? Hello. They're not superhuman. They're normal. They're, well, more or less normal. And, and they, but you know, they suffer from all the kind of challenges that you suffer from. We're no different. And the enemy's attack is not always upon their leadership or, or that dimension. You know, often it can be upon their own point of vulnerability. It can be on, on marriages and, and, you know, just their personal life and the things that, you, that they wrestle with internally. And so my, my appeal to you tonight is that you pray for them as people, not just as pastors, not just as leaders, not just for their leadership function, but that you cover them with your love and prayer. Because, you know, when you go to a new level, how many know there's a new devil? Isn't that what the saying is? And, and there is opposition. We are in a battle. You are aware of that. You're a church that's used to spiritual warfare. You know how to pray. You know how to take authority. You know how to speak things into being. And so I'm saying to you tonight that one of the things we need to recognize and understand out of what God is doing in the midst is that there will be an increased intensity of opposition. And so we need to be covering those who carry the primary responsibility of leadership. Is that okay? I said, is that okay? Are you going to pray for them? There you go. You know, Pastor Adrian, yesterday... Now, what's today? Sunday. Um, yesterday, no, Thursday, Friday, when I was driving up north, that's what it was. And I was praying about the weekend, and the Lord spoke to me about you. And he said, you have a voice that needs to be heard. The mother of the house needs to be heard. This is what the Lord said to me. The word was shalom. You carry a grace on your life. See, the word shalom doesn't just mean peace. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, everything whole. And you have a grace on your life that when you stand and you share, I don't know whether you preach or whether you don't, I don't know anything about it, but if you don't, you should and you will and all of that sort of thing because you, you, you will settle people's hearts. You will minister healing and wholeness to them. You will stabilize them. And it's not just that your voice needs to be heard in this house. There is a nation waiting to hear your voice. This nation. You will have a healing 
influence. It's not because of what you say. It's not because of the teaching you bring. It's not because, you know, you model your preaching style on somebody else. Or It's nothing about that. It's about what you carry in the realm of the Spirit. It's about what has been built into your life out of the journey of your own walk and out of your own, you know, that we all go through things and I don't doubt you've been through your things like all of us have. And out of that, you know, God molds something into us. And I believe it's time for the mantle of the mother of the house, you know, to become expressed in a greater dimension than it is. Father, I pray for your servant right now in Jesus' name. And I speak blessing over you tonight, Adrian, in the name of Jesus. And I take authority over every uh, uh, thing of man or devil that would come to restrict you and limit you and shut you down. And I break the hold of that and I release you now to a fresh anointing and a fresh mantle and a capacity in God to release all that he puts in your heart in the days ahead. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this house. Amen. Is that a, he told me to say that. No. no, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Sam, um, you know when I was talking before about the nations are calling, I felt the Lord speak to me uh, about that in relation to you. And there were two words. One was capacity and the other was strategy. And uh, the Lord's saying, I'm increasing your strategy, uh, your capacity and giving you strategy. One of the things I saw is that some of the nations that you're involved in and will be involved in as a church, there needs to be a, a, re, um, a reassessing of the strategy you know, revising the strategy. I just uh, could see that there are some places, um, Pastor, where you guys are involved and you put in, you know, money, time and effort and that sort of thing, but the fruitfulness is not what it, what it could be and what it should be. And uh, I, I feel like, like there's something happening in your spirit where God is going to expand you and, and you're going to find your heart drawn to people in places that maybe at the moment you're not, but it's part of your ongoing uh, walk and the purposes of God, part of the mantle upon your life. Other nations, my friend, increase capacity and strategies to unlock the purposes of God in those places. I want to change gear uh, for the next um, uh, hour or two. Are you doing okay out there, by the way? You doing all right? I really want you to take a hold of some of the things I'm sharing. I mean, they're, they're, they're often the most profound things are the most simple things. And some of the things that, that I've shared tonight, I really want you to get in your spirit and begin to pray in and begin to prophesy to and begin to align your faith with your leadership to believe God. You know, it's all very well for me to come and say, look, I believe God is saying you've entered a new era. I believe God has given you a nation-shaking anointing. It's all very well for me to do that, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. And you need to grasp it. You need to take hold of it. You need to mix it with faith and begin to pray and believe God and stand together with your leadership that all God intends might be fully outworked. That instead of falling short, instead of only just you know doing part of it, that as a church you might uh, be able to step into the fullness of all God intends. Amen? We, we we don't want to stop halfway. Come on, somebody. We don't want to stop halfway. We want to go all the way with the things of God. Now, I believe, I felt tonight that the Lord really wants to release a, an anointing uh, for breakthrough miracle working prayer. I, 
I just have a sense he wants to do something in people's hearts and lives to, to enlarge our capacity to believe him and to get a hold of some of the things we've been talking about uh, so that our authority in prayer might go to a whole new level to match the new era that your church has entered into, see. Uh, just uh, something that will, will bring that out. And so I want to share with you for a few moments on the subject of prayer. I know that you are a praying church, uh, uh, but, and when I, a pastor first asked me would I come and share, as I began to pray about it, I felt the Lord immediately say to me, I want you to share some thoughts on prayer. And I thought, you know, sometimes you, you think you're trying to sell snow to the Eskimos or something, you know, you're kind of like, well, it's a praying church. Why would I speak about prayer? But then the Lord said, because they, there needs to come a new anointing on prayer. There needs to come a new authority in prayer. And it needs to go to another level. And some of you have lost your conviction about the power of prayer. And some of you are praying mechanically uh, because you know you should pray, but your faith and the intensity of your conviction about the power of prayer has begun to recede. And God wants to restore that tonight. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the, that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Prayer has the power to change circumstances change other people, change nations, and even the course of history. Charles Spurgeon. I remember reading a book of Derek Prince's a number of years ago called Changing History Through Prayer and Fasting. And he talks about nations that were changed because people prayed and fasted and believed God. The book of Esther is about a nation being changed through prayer and fasting. You know, there's a demonically inspired plot to destroy the Israelite people. But on the basis of those same people praying and fasting and and the courage of Queen Esther, the nation was turned around and redeemed. And we need to learn how to pray, not just spontaneously pray about the things we feel led to pray about, but also engaging in strategic, focused prayers until we get the breakthrough. Can somebody say amen tonight? And you know, God speaks to us from Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, and he says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you have never seen. You know, the word call there is not just um, like a, a vocal call. It's not talking about language. It's much more intense than that. It's talking about accosting a person, like laying hold of them. And so the essence of the call is not found in mere words, but in the moving of a heart. It's not the expression of language, but it's the expression of deep emotion. It's a heart rising up. It's deep calling unto deep. And so I determine out of the desperation of our situation, out of the the burden of my heart, something rises up with me to apprehend God and I call unto him. I lay hold of him. Why? Because he said, I will answer you. When you call to him, he will answer you. And he says, I'll show you great and mighty things that you've never seen. 
Wow, how many of you up for that? Three of you, huh? Amen. Great and mighty. See, I believe God wants to do great and mighty things in your life. He wants to do great and mighty things in this place. He wants to do great and mighty things in this nation. But he's looking for people that will stand in the gap and begin to stir their hearts and call upon him and lay hold of him. (laughs) I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to issue a call to miracle breakthrough prayer. See, prayer is miracle seeding. It's sowing seeds for miracles. That's what prayer is. Don't look at me like that. Like... No, true. When, how many know God's a miracle-working God? He's always wanting to do great and mighty things. When Jesus came to town, he wanted to do great and mighty things, but it says he couldn't because of the people's unbelief. He could only heal a few sick people. So here's the question, are we going to settle for a few sick people getting healed, praise God for that, or are we going to go after the great and mighty things? When Jesus comes to town, he's always wanting to display the glory of the Father. He's always wanting heaven to invade earth. But when he came to his own town, isn't it amazing that even the Son of God was restricted by the unbelief of people? Friend, you don't need more faith. You've got a seed of faith. That's all you need. You need to get rid of unbelief. You need to get rid of unbelief. You need to begin to stir your heart to believe God and believe His promises and believe in His nature, His love, His mercy, His grace, and, uh, and call unto Him. See, see, prayer is the access point. Prayer is a moment of opportunity where God's been waiting for you. And, and he sets it up. He's, he, God asks us to ask him. Ever thought about that? Because in his sovereignty, he could do it all by himself, couldn't he? But see, he has chosen uh, to engage with you. And so he comes to you and say, look, I want you to ask me. I, I want you to come and draw close to me. And he sets up an opportunity so he's able to do what he wants to do. And here's what happens. As you draw close to him and you begin to pray, he then stirs a desire in your heart to go after what you didn't even know you could have. Because he lifts the vision, doesn't he? he? He begins to kind of fill our hearts with faith and with his promises. And we find ourselves being expanded and beginning to believe and pray and prophesy bigger things. But many people don't know how to pray. They're paralyzed and disappointed because they have no conviction about the power of prayer. Or they have what they see as unanswered prayers. And I believe that, you know, Jeremiah 33.3 is a word for people to get hold of tonight. Call unto me. Come on, shake all that stuff off. You know, get rid of your unbelief. Get rid of your doubts. Get rid of your unanswered questions. Just shake it off. Some of your unanswered prayers, you know, uh, God answers prayer. And sometimes the delay is just serving a higher purpose that we can't see at a point in time. 
It's not that God is denying. It's just that there's a time frame involved. And, he, and he's coming tonight because he wants to lift the level of our impact uh, by invading our lives with his power and doing some great and mighty things in the midst of our life and circumstance and family and finance and health and everything else so that the impact of our life goes up because of the hand of God upon us. And familiarity and complacency lead us into unbelief. And it renders our faith powerless and we lose our conviction in the power of prayer and the the mighty God that we serve. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. Come on, church. Let's begin to call unto him with fresh fervor, with fresh determination, and look for a greater breakthrough than we've ever had and a greater demonstration of his power than we've ever seen. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I read, you know, the Bible, you, you, you see people that are almost like a superhero. I think, for instance, of Elijah. You know the story of Elijah, um, King Ahab has been looking for him for three and a half years to kill him. And then Elijah sends Ahab an invitation and says, I'll meet you tomorrow. How many know that's pretty courageous right there, isn't it? And there he is, of course, on Mount Carmel, and he's confronting King Ahab, the whole nation, 800 pagan priests, all want to kill him. And he stands up there, all on his own, and calls fire down from heaven. Wow. How many of you like that? Like, like, wow, who is this man? And, and, you know, sometimes I look at it, I think, he must be half God. You know, he must be kind of, so, so like that guy that jumps in an old telephone booth and turns around and comes out flying, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but actually, the scriptures paint the picture entirely differently. It actually says of Elijah in James 5, 17, he was a man with a nature like ours. Nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly, there wouldn't rain, it didn't rain on the earth for three and a half years, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, the earth produced fruit. Actually, do you know what he was doing? He was just praying and prophesying what God had already said he would do. He said if Israel had walked, you know, walked away into idols, he would shut up the heavens, it wouldn't rain. So Elijah is just taking the word, and he's praying and prophesying that. It actually says in the verse before, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me read it to you from the Amplified. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available. How many know if you believe that, you're going to pray differently right there? If you actually believe that your prayer makes tremendous power available, how many are going to pray differently right there? See, uh, the problem is we think we believe something because we read it in Scripture and we give mental agreement to it. But friend, when you've got faith for something, when you believe something, you have a conviction about it and it changes the way you behave and what you do and how you speak. And the problem is we read it, but we don't believe it. Because if I believed, uh, like I should, that, the, the, that my prayers release tremendous power, dynamic in its work, and how many know I'm going to be looking for every moment I can to get into prayer? Because I'm releasing power in the spirit realm. I'm shifting things and things are changing and the kingdom of God is advancing and the devil's scared out of his wits because I got a hold of something in God. Come on, somebody. 
Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 18. Now I'll leave that. I was listening to Pastor Yongi Cho talk about task prayer a number of years ago. And he tells a story about how he, you know, he was riddled with TB, terminal TB when he got saved at the end of the Korean War. And uh, God healed him miraculously, but never healed his bladder. And so for 25 years, he'd had to continue to run to the toilet. And so he was saying to God one day, he was in his office, he's complaining about it and said, God, why didn't you heal my bladder? And the Lord said to him, you never asked. So I reckon he wished he'd asked that question 25 years earlier. And he tells the story how he walked up and down in his office going, bladder be healed in Jesus' name, bladder be healed in Jesus' name, bladder be healed in Jesus' name. And after two and a half hours of just speaking to his bladder in the name of Jesus, he was healed. And he calls it task prayer. He says, when you're hitting a nail, you know, the object of how many carpenters in the, in the auditorium tonight, chippies, you know, when you hit a nail, if you're like my son-in-law, you just hit the head of the nail because that's the objective. But if you're like me, you hit all around the nail. How many know the timber shows the marks? It proves it, you know. But some of us are like that in our prayer. We whack all around the place and, and Cho is saying, no, just hit the nail on the head. Now, how many know he wasn't praying about his bladder? He was prophesying to his bladder. And can I say to you tonight, most of your prayers need to become prophecies. Once you hear and understand what God's doing, you need to take your authority and start speaking to the thing in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, see, here's a thought for you, friend. Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Some prayers only you can pray and some breakthroughs only you can get. Some giants only you can confront. And it's all about you growing up and, and learning to exercise your authority in Christ. And it's a really critical part of all of that. And I really do believe that God wants to do some amazing things uh, in your lives and in this place, in this season. I do believe that. I, I believe it's time for a spiritual awakening time for revival, for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I believe you're positioned as a church. Uh, you know, you're a catalyst for revival in this nation. I love New Zealand. I, I went to uh, Australia in 1988 as a missionary to a pagan land. And um, I tell the Aussies that and they laugh and then they realize I'm serious. And, um, and we've been there. Uh, but I started coming back into New Zealand in 2005, uh, was invited to come back here and do some ministry. And on the plane on the way over, and over a period of about three or four months, God began to speak to me about this nation. And I have a great, great uh, love for this nation and for the people of the nation. And uh, I believe that God, it, you know, there's been a shift in the spiritual atmosphere over New Zealand in the last few years. And there's a growing momentum and sense of the Spirit of God. I go into, into all sorts of churches and you can go into churches where they're singing the same song, but there's a certain vibrancy beginning to stir underneath it. And the glory of the Lord is rising on the land. You know, when it talks about the glory of the Lord has risen, it has the thought of an incoming tide. And there's a tide of the presence and power of God moving in the land. We're starting 
starting to see little break outbreaks of this and that in different places that we've been and, and miracles and things like that. And I want to encourage you to push through with what you carry as a church, a nation-shaking anointing. And tonight, God is going to take that to another level. And I want you to put your Bibles aside and your, your notes, and I want you to stand with me right now. And if you're ready to position yourself to carry the burden of the Lord, to see significant breakthrough in this house and in the nation, I want you to position yourself right now to receive something fresh in the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord and begin to reach out to him tonight. You begin to pray in the spirit over this house tonight. Begin to call out unto his name. Call unto me, he says, and I'll answer you. And I believe the Lord's just wanting to release right now a fresh anointing for prayer and for prophetic breakthrough in the name of Jesus and Holy Ghost. I just release your presence and your power into the hearts and lives of your people right now. Not just education, but impartation, revelation, faith, uh, and uh, increased capacity to carry all that you're wanting to do in prayer and prophecy tonight. In Jesus' name, and I prophesy the favour of God over you tonight. I prophesy the power of God over you tonight. I prophesy increase in spiritual authority over you tonight and a new mantle of nation-shaking power and capacity in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, give Him some praise in this house tonight. Give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.